Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sherry Clips. Tonight, I have a real interesting guest on, one that we've had on before on the Sherry and Jodell show. Um, his name is Ethan Feldman. Ethan, welcome to tonight's show. Hey, Sherry. Thanks so much for having me on. You're welcome. It's so nice to actually have you back on, and I get the chance to interview you myself this time. <laughs> yep. So, Ethan, you're a stand-up comedian living in New York City still? Yes, that, yes, that is correct. Great. Um, can you give us a little insight on, on you? <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, so I started doing stand-up. Um, I've always been interested. In, I've always been interested in stand-up. Like when I was in uh, college, I, several comedians came to my school. I've always liked stand-up. Never thought I would do it, but then I. But then I remember it was like December 2015. I was telling my family that I was interested in maybe just trying to do stand-up. And my aunt, who's uh, my aunt's like a professional singer. Unfortunately, I didn't inherit those singing genes. I'm a pretty terrible singer. But she, uh, she was like, oh, I know this guy. His name is Rick Chrome he teaches a class down at the comedy cellar. Maybe you should, she kind of recommended him. And I didn't ever really like wanted to take a class, but I kind of, uh, she recommended him. I told a really good friend of mine from college that I was interested in doing this class. He was like, maybe, Hey, maybe I'll do the class with you. And we kind of just started from there. And my first time actually like on stage on a show was the end of that class. That was April 30th, 2016. So it's been almost three years now. And it's been a lot of fun. And I've, I, in the past, I used to do theater and improv when I was in high school. And so I kind of had like, the performing part of it down. But what I really got out of the class was writing because a lot of my jokes at the beginning of the class were very essay-like. And I learned how to get to the funny faster, so to speak, in the class. So after the class, I kind of got hooked and just kept doing it from there. Oh, neat. Now, so you actually write all your own routines now for your comedy? It's all... My own stuff, it's a, it's a constant re-editing and re-editing. You have to be absolutely ruthless with, with your editing. Like, you can take a bit and just add new little tags, new little parts. That's one thing One thing I like about joke writing is that you have this idea of a premise, and then if you're constantly developing it at open mics and just really grinding it out. Like, I started doing this bit, like, over a year ago about having eczema, and I kind of usually I'll pose with it now, but, like, it's taken a year for me to get it to the point where I like it. Like there's so I mean, maybe eventually I'll end up adding more to it, but it's taken me a year to craft it into like a perfect three minute bit. Right. Right. Now is it, is it hard for you to create something that's longer than three minutes or are you, have you done stand up that's longer than that? Yeah, for like so that bit's only three minutes in itself. But the longest I've ever been on stage last year was about twenty minutes. Was the longest I've ever done. A lot of times when you're wow. on stage and you're on these like, you're on these like showcases, you're only getting five to eight minutes, maybe maybe ten. 
like I did a couple of sets in December that were like 10 minutes and the more time is better. Like feel like I'm always under pressure when I'm doing shorter sets mm-hmm. that I have to get all the laughs in. And I, I feel like I end up rushing but when I have a longer set. I remember when I had that 20 minute set, I was like, I did almost the same amount of material, but I was like working with the crowd, intertweening my bits with crowd work. And it was just coming up more natural because I was just having fun up there instead of like trying to hit all my jokes in a row as I usually do when I'm doing like a shorter set. Oh, that, that is really interesting to know that because you'd think doing something shorter, you're up there, you get people laugh, you're gone. (laughs) To try to make people laugh for 20 minutes, that seems like it'd be, one, a lot to remember, <laughs> and two, it'd be, it yeah. seems like it'd be harder. I think it also, well, I mean, I think it is definitely hard to do 20 minutes, but it's definitely less stressful for me. At least in New York City, all these showcase shows are always like seven minutes, and then you're not really crafting like a full routine. And when you do a longer set, it's like you're able to kind of like really develop yourself and interact with people and like, get to know your character and stuff. I feel like the, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of comics are building towards doing their, doing a special that's like a 30 minute special or an hour special. So being able to have uh, that, that much amount of time is like what the ultimate goal is, I think. So yeah, I prefer the long, the longer sets, but I'll, but right now I'm, I'll take whatever stage time I can get really, honestly. Right. Now, are you currently looking for places to do stand up in? And I, I know you, you you actually have a place where you do comedy often, right, on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll i perform anywhere. I performed at, like, in, in New York. I mean, the furthest I've performed outside of New York, I did a comedy festival last year in Dallas, Texas, and I've also performed in, like, Orlando. But in terms of, like, around New York, I, I've done some shows at clubs before, like Broadway Comedy Club in Greenwich, Village Comedy Club, and Stand Up New York name a few I also perform I also run my own free show at a bar it's a bar in Williamsburg called Muchmore's um that is a uh it's a free once a month show I I pick the I have a a co-host who hosts it with me um we pick the lineup and it's always free and fun wow that is great so people can go see you is there is there a certain date you said or time Usually it's the third Wednesday of every month. I think the next one is going to be in April 24th. And I'm probably going to stop doing it, though, after that, because, or at least uh, I'm, I'm, my wife, my wife is, is pregnant, so, and with our first child, and Hi. she's uh, doing, thank you, yeah, she's doing about nine weeks, so might put a little bit of oh. a, of the brakes on, on that for on that, for the time being, but the next one's going to be April 24th. Wow, well, congratulations. That is really great. And completely understandable. Yeah, you're welcome. And completely understandable because it's so hard to be away from your 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 first child and your wife during all this excitement. It's just completely understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely just finding a striking a balance. Right. Absolutely. And getting sleep. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh, that's cute. Um, so you have something new that's coming up. Um, I know yeah, that you're so going to be part of this Amazon Prime special. Can you tell me a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so I'm actually I'm really excited about it. I did a show last June. It, it was in New Jersey. It was like a two-night um, comedy festival called the Turnpike Comedy Festival, you know, like like the Jersey Turnpike. And uh, it was two mm. nights long. And, you know, with these comedy festivals, you apply to them, you might get in, you might not get in. And I got into it, and it was it – was, the people that were running it, um, this comedian, his name is Jim Mandrinos, who's the person that put it together. He was like, this is going to be filmed for Amazon Prime. You should, uh, Amazon picked all you guys who are on the show. You should feel good about that. I didn't pick everybody. Amazon had the final say. So I was like, oh, wow. And I, I ended up having like a pretty – for the time I had been doing it at that point, at that point, I felt pretty good about my set that night. And I had an audio recording on my phone, but I never saw the video footage. And then um, one of the guys that – that helps Jim out. His name is Mike Langan. He, uh, he messaged me, Hey, it's recently like, Hey, it's live in the UK now. And I was like, Oh, cool. I, I couldn't watch it on Amazon US though. Then today I saw it's actually live on Amazon now. So it's called the Turnpike Comedy Festival. There's two episodes for each night. I'm on the second night, which is episode two. I, I watched it. I, I do a five minute set right at the beginning of the show. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I, mm. that's a, I guess that can, that's my latest uh, credit now. <laughs> that is great. Congratulations. And totally going to have to look you up and look on there and see what yeah. you're talking about. It, it sounds interesting. It really does. So, Thanks so much. Yeah, I, something... I'm uh, excited. Yeah. Now, is, it, is this something you wish you could do more often is to be on, like, TV with your comedy? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I feel like doing stand-up, kind of got me into some other areas of entertainment. Like somebody that I do comedy with posted about a casting call last year about for this Bravo TV show, uh, Bravo TV.com web series called Bake Amends. And they really liked my story. And I ended up getting cast with my mom, actually. It's on Bravo TV.com. If you look up Bake Amends, um, the episode is there live with me and my mom. It's a really funny uh, it's a really funny thing I was involved with, and it was not exactly stand up, but it was something that was that if I hadn't done stand up, I wouldn't have done it. And and so it's really cool to like try some other things out, like uh, like my company, uh, like my, my my company that I work at full time is a startup company in, in New York, and the office manager told the marketing team that I do stand up, and they reached out to me about doing voiceover work for some marketing campaigns that were aired on Pandora. So I did that and they gave me the audio and it came out really good. I had never done voiceover work before and that was really cool. Wow. So this comedy is really opening up a lot of different doors for you and helping you really find yourself too, right? I mean, you're discovering you have these talents you didn't know you had. Absolutely. Like I probably, I probably wouldn't have been asked or even done that voiceover stuff if I hadn't tried saying about it. I mean, I, I used to, sometimes I have to give presentations at work too, like, and I feel like I actually do normally better on stage in front of strangers than people that I know at work, but I feel like the stand-up has helped me better, get better with public speaking at least, at least at work. Right. Well, I do have to say, I did watch your Bravo TV uh, Bake of Men's episode, and I thought you did great. I, I, as I watched you, I was like, wow, I, at first I thought you were the one who was running the show. Like, you know how there's like a host <laughs> to the show. I thought at first I was doing, I'm like, he would really fill that spot. You know, great. I, I hope someone out there can 
reach out to you and get you to do something like that because you you just did so well on it and it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. I'd never seen anything like that and you know watching you, I was really drawn into learning what you were doing and saying and what that was about. I, I just I just thought it was hilarious and it was great that your mom was able to join you. That was really great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. That was a lot of fun. My mom, um, I think my mom was a uh, was a good sport about it too. So it was really cool. <laughs> um, when did you actually discover that you have this comic side of you to be able to get out there to be a stand-up comedian? Like, when did you say I can do this? This is something I I feel is in my blood. I think the first time I really felt it was the first actual show that I did. I mean, I, I'm very, like, I'm a computer person by day. I do software engineering by day, web development. And I'm very, like, anal about things. I have, like, a like a, a log on my computer of every show that I've ever done. Like, not open mics. Open mics I don't keep track of because there's just so many. But, um, but every actual show that I do, I keep a log of it. And I keep a log of if it's videotaped or not. But... So the first show I ever did was April 30, 2016, and it was like the class showcase show. And I remember being really nervous about it. Like I could know, I could tell one point when I was up there that the microphone was like shaking in my hand, and I had to switch hands just to like <laughs> mix it up a little bit because I could, I could see it shaking. And I, if you, if I look back at that tape, I definitely rushed through some stuff and like didn't leave time for the audience to react and and stuff like that. But I can tell from the beginning of the set to the end of the set, there's definitely like a transformation from when I was like nervous, 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 like finally. And then by the end of the, by the end of the, uh, the set, my teacher had said this too, by the end of the set, I was like, like, ah, like I'm like, I wanted to keep going. I was just completely like, like I killed it. Like I just just felt so good about it. Like, like, and you can see that kind of trans transformation in the video, like probably at the halfway point where I just (laughs) felt like, Oh man, this is actually going well. And like, I mean, if, if, it was, if it was a bad experience, a lot of times comedy, you know, could be a bad experience. And it, it, the comedy is a very, yeah, I, I felt like that. that's when I really felt, like, that feeling, I guess. And, uh, but comedy is very, like, there's lots of comedy, like, ebbs and flows and yins and yangs. Like, I remember doing that show and feeling so good about it. And then, like, my first open mic ever, just completely bombing. So <laughs> that's just how comedy mm-hmm. goes, though. Right. Now, has your family been really supportive of you doing comedy? Yeah, my family is very supportive. Sometimes they're might a little bit like maybe too supportive at some at some points because my I did a show uh, for the first time ever at the Comic Strip Live on the Upper East Side, and I so and when you're new, you have to do these shows. They're called referred to as bringer shows. Like your, your name isn't obviously like selling any tickets, so you have to have X number of people there to see you, to be able to perform. I told my family, hey, this show is kind of like a never performed there before. I need some people. My my wife came. My brother came. My mom and dad came. And when I first got there, my dad was wearing a shirt with a picture of me on it. Like, that's they were, like, over the top. I was, like, a little bit embarrassed. But and my dad <laughs> saw my wife and just hand, handed her a shirt. My wife took a picture of herself, like a selfie, like, with her, like, like a face. Like, oh, I'm, this is the first thing my dad, his dad handed me this shirt. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, that had to uh, 
put you in a certain state right then and there. Um, <laughs> so you seem like you're pretty natural now when you get up on stage. Like yeah, I definitely. I, I like. I, I can definitely feel the the personal growth from the first time I started to where like, just rushing through stuff and like being nervous. And now I am confident enough that I can do pretty decently. I did a show last night, and it went pretty. Like, it went pretty well. Like I, I have a couple tapes where I feel like I'm really doing well, like top to bottom. Like, it's like a tape that I'll use for like a festival submission or something. But other than that, um. I feel like definitely more confident than I was even a year ago. Right. Now you've been doing comedy for, you said about three years now. Yeah. So you, you come a long way, a real long way. Have you ever really bombed a show though? And if so, what do you do about something like that? Oh yeah. I bombed plenty of times. Like I, uh, I remember doing this one show it was like February 2018 and it was like one of the best tapes I'd had up to that point. I was just really connected with the audience. They were like, I was with them. They were with me. It was just, it was just amazing. The guy who was booking it asked me to come back the following month. And I was like really looking forward to that show because I had just done so well the month before it was the same guy had booked me Did the show again. And I just, it was weird. The audience wasn't really with it for anybody. Like I just was a weird off night for almost all the comedians in the show. It was really rough. I just got to power through it, mm-hmm. but that's not as bad as probably the, like I thought that this is how bombing keeps you humble. I think because I, it was last month. No, it was in January. It was in January. I did the show at a bar. And when I got to this bar, I thought I was above a bomb like this, but I guess that's how little I know because I got to the bar there was a behind the bar was a wall of flat screen monitors with each monitor with a different sporting event on it. And I just knew when I saw that, that the comedians that were going to be on this show were up against insurmountable odds. Like people were just watching mm-hmm. these sports chatting. There was no stage in the bar in the back of the bar. There, there was just a little doorway that was like to the bathroom. And that's where there was just a cord. There was just a cord and a microphone and then the person who was hosting the show was like, hey, guys, we're ready for the comedy show. And the audience just couldn't care less. They were just completely like the, it, it's a, uh, what I like to call a, an ambush comedy show or a surprise comedy show. It's just comedy out of nowhere where the audience just people that are it's, I wouldn't even call them an audience. They were just people that were not expecting comedy. And it was like really, oh, wow. really, really rough. And it was like I was also on this lineup with a bunch of other comedians that I'd seen around New York that I thought were like really good comedians that were like, I was like proud to be part of this lineup. Oh my God, there's so many good comedians in this show. I can't wait to see how everyone does. And like everybody bombed. Oh wow. It's just a, but I mean, I still had fun with it. I guess the other comedians, we all kind of like commiserated in our bombingness, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you would think if they were going to have you guys there, shut off the TVs, put a light on you into that corner, you know, give you some sort of spotlight. I mean, it sounds like that was just really not put together very well. <laughs> no, I think the, the guy that ran it was like, normally it's not like this. You know, he was, he had told me it's not, it's not normally like this. It's, it's usually much better. The audience usually knows that there's comedy. It's, he, I've been doing this show for years, like, and he seemed apologetic enough and he was, he's a really nice guy. So I didn't, 
really hold anything against him. I mean, he still gave me an opportunity to get on stage. And I think any experience helps you develop. So it's not always going to be go. It's not always going to go well. When you're new in comedy, most of the time it doesn't go well. Like, I feel like it's like new going, even in the first few years, it's like 80% is like kind of, it's, it's like semi-bombing or bombing, but then the 20% when you actually do well, like keeps you going. Right. Well, I'm sure, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine getting up on stage, grabbing a mic and having all these eyes looking at me. I would probably melt right then and there. Um <laughs> So, you know, it's very brave to get up there and do this. Um, you know, how, do you, have you had the hecklers? And do you, how do you deal with them? Um, that Actually, that same show, I was trying to – I haven't had any really, really bad hecklers. Like, that one show, I was trying to – like, I figured I would, like, try to get, like, closer to the bar and, like, interact with people that were hanging out and try to, like, be more interactive. But something about where I was uh-huh. walking, it created some feedback with the mic, you know, like that horrible mic feedback sound. And there was just oh, like no. this guy at the bar. He was he was mm-hmm. totally bald. He was all muscular. He looked he looked like a like a UFC fighter. Just looked at me and went, "Nice job, slick." And I was like, "I'm not going to say anything to you because you look like you could put me in a chokehold." <laughs> That's what, that was like the best line I came up with <laughs> on the spot. And then That's funny though. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a funny thing to say. And one mm-hmm. of the other times, not really like a bomb. I did this show in New Jersey. It was like two years ago. My wife and a friend of mine went to it, and I did this joke that normally isn't going well in New York, but I guess the crowd in New Jersey was a little more conservative. It's not even even a really offensive, particularly offensive joke. But this one guy booed me over this joke, and it was like a bad omen actually for that show because I was driving to the show. I'm. I missed a turn in a traffic signal, ended up hitting the curb, cutting off a cop, got a ticket with a mandatory court date, and then got booed that night all in the same in the same night. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is a bad day. <laughs> it was getting that getting that ticket was like, like an omen for how bad the show was gonna go. Oh, oh my gosh! But it's, it's just a, <laughs> another experience. I I ended up just calling them and. I called the the court and just I just said I really don't want to go back to this is like an hour and a half from where I live where I live in Brooklyn I really didn't want to drive have to drive back to the same town just to go to court to say yes I'm sorry I I I got a ticket for I think it was careless driving is what they called it I I haven't the only other ticket I've ever had in my life was a speeding ticket so but apparently it was a mandatory court date because it was like in a construction zone. Um, I ended up just calling them and just saying, I'll pay it. I, I did miss the turn and I wasn't paying attention. So I just paid the ticket and didn't have to go back at least. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, so what is your biggest challenge you think being a stand-up comedian? Biggest challenge. I, I think the biggest challenge is just, trying to sustain an audience's attention. Like, I, like I've had, for, for a set a period of time, yeah, I've had sets where, like, I feel like parts, bits and pieces go well. But the biggest challenge for me is, like, like I want to have, like, a really good tape. And I have one good tape at the end of December at the end of New York that I'm pretty happy with. But it's not, like, consistent last from start to finish. Like, like I just want to have one where it's just, like, I'm totally killing it the entire time. And I'm close. 
Like I have another show from like mm-hmm. right after, like a couple weeks after that, where I did really well at the end. And it's like if I could combine those two tapes together somehow, it would be like perfect. I just need to get like something that's just like a perfect tape. Yeah. Hmm. Do you, can someone in your family record you like up on your next stage? And, like, yeah. So like what I've been doing is I've been like uh, my wife for Hanukkah bought me a uh, like a little phone tripod, and mm-hmm. I've been I used to just do all I used to do like all audio recordings my set but now like I can actually just record myself on video because I just use my iPhone it's on the tripod I recorded before the set before I go on stage and then I just do my whole thing and then I just edit it after and I've actually gotten that second tape was actually from my phone the first one was from a club's video camera but it it ends up being costly because a lot of clubs like they'll make you pay for a tape so I don't want to keep paying yeah I mean it, it just adds up so it's nice to have be able to have your own little tripod to record when you can the first time I ever well not the first time but one of the first times I ever used it somehow I was like on stage at this point I I was recording they announced me somebody in the club I had to take the phone like in the back of the on the tripod in the back of the uh of the club and uh someone like bumped the table I guess while I was on stage and the phone like fell over so like I have the whole recording of like the the floor now oh no which is which is funny though, because like the timing is almost like comedic. Because literally the second that the host introduces me, it's like coming up to the stage, Ethan Fellman. The camera fell over like right after she she said my name. So it's like the first five seconds oh. is actually pretty funny because it's like it says Ethan Fellman, clunk, and just like falls over immediately. <laughs> oh, that's horrible though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still have the audio. I mean, I would have had an audio recording otherwise. This was just an audio recording. And, and when I got, I remember getting nervous. Like, my wife had put this idea in my head, like, hey, what if, like, you record and you're in the back of the club and, like, someone sees you, you have an iPhone 10, so maybe someone's going to, like, steal your phone. Because when I, yeah. I remember going going back from the, the set, I didn't know where my phone was, I didn't know where the tripod was, and I was like, where's my phone? Where's my tripod? And then I saw it on the floor and was like, oh, man, great. Ugh. I'd rather oh, wow. be fell over than someone someone took it. Right, exactly. <clears throat> you don't want to lose that. That's for sure. Not an iPhone 10. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Too nice to lose that. <laughs> um. So do you have like YouTube videos or anything like that that people could go see some of your work? Um. I have or, a website where, where I have where yes. Yeah, so the website has my videos on. On there, it's really easy to remember. It's just EthanFeldman.me. Um, there are some YouTube videos on there. I keep them as unlisted videos because I think that as a new comedian, like, you don't want, like, your first set out to the public Internet to see. And I want to be very oh. in control of, like, what, of, what, of what people see. So I keep them as unlisted videos. So that way, if I post them on my site, it's something that people can still watch. Or if I want to send them to somebody, like a friend or a festival or something, I can at least send them the tape because they, as long as they have the link, as long as they have the URL, they can get to it. But if you, but so that way, if you search me, you can't find it. So I want to be in control of that stuff. So all the stuff that's on my website is mm-hmm. like, that's like the stuff that I want people to see, I guess. Right. Well, that makes sense. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of comedians, as you know, and they said that some people like steal other people's work and 
a lot of communities have told me they won't use the YouTube um, to make it easy access for people to see their work because they'll steal it. And have you ever had that happen to you that you're aware of? Uh, I'm not aware of someone stealing any of my bits. I know I have a friend of mine who definitely had a joke stolen, and I have one friend who wrote a tweet that The Daily Show did a joke that was very similar to his. That he he wasn't like a saying that it was them that took it, but it was the joke that he wrote on Twitter was very similar to what they said on their show. I haven't had that happen yet, but um, who, who knows? Maybe someone will watch something that I did and 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 copy it. But it feels like inauthentic. I don't know if you're doing comedy and you're just telling somebody else's joke, like. I know it's it's like there isn't a really way to copyright a joke, I guess, but it's just a it must feel like against the comedian's code of originality or something. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's it's gotta be hard. There's so many comedians and so many things you can laugh about. But do you have do you focus your comedy around a certain type of material? It's like a mixture of of like observational humor with some self-deprecating stuff about myself. So, like, I've been doing jokes, like I said, like a joke about eczema, or, like, that is pretty specific to me. If someone's doing jokes about having itchy skin, like, I'm going to be like, that's kind of suspect, because, like, I don't think anyone else could do that, because it's very specific to myself. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Definitely. Um, Is there someone who actually fires you? Another comedian? Um, there are lots of really good comedians that I, I get inspiration from, but sometimes really for me the inspiration is just living in New York and just seeing sometimes day to day I'll walk around and see something funny already on my phone. Like tonight mm-hmm. I was actually walking home from, I did an open mic that I host every Tuesday at Greenwich Village Comedy Club and uh, I was walking home and I heard this car blaring down, like the, their music was blasting. It was like playing some like rap music. It was just like super loud bass. Then all of a sudden I heard, their destinations on the left, like through the the car, like it was almost part of the song, and I thought it was really funny. And I, I don't know, I wrote it on my phone. I don't know if it's going to be a, a joke out of it. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually, when you think about it. It's it's weird how stuff happens around you in your life and similarities of either your predicament or what you're listening to happens at the exact same time. It's strange when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, or sometimes I'll be walking on the street uh, and I just see something I think it's funny. Like, I don't know, are profanity allowed on this show at all? Or, or no, I, I just don't. Oh, yeah. It's not that. Yeah, it's right. Okay, because so I okay. was walking I was, I was walking on the, the street once and I just saw, I saw this uh, sign for Urban Outfitters. And somehow in my head, I thought Urban Outshitter. And then I... Uh, wrote it on my phone. I wrote a joke on Facebook about it. And then I haven't done this joke on stage in a while, but I was, I, I did like a, I'm not much of like a one-liner guy, but I did this, I did this one-liner sometimes where I'm like a person who defecates in public and on the street in New York city is called an urban outshitter. <laughs> That's good. I like it. You got to use it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I haven't used that one, in, that one in a while. Like I don't do that many one-liners. Like I have a couple really stupid ones. Like, Something about like, uh, oh, I like to go with my parents. I like when, I like uh, I like taking my parents with me when I go shopping, because they're paying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do 
do you do yeah, you want to give like one line or two? Okay. You can you can yeah. give any example you want. Um if you want to show off a little bit, go right ahead. Um so yeah, like uh like uh, I do some other like one liners too, like uh like oh I was at a restaurant the other night and saw a sign that she, that said Chef Special and I was like, Well, the waiter, he's pretty talented too. <laughs> I mean it's pretty stupid, but no, um, good. Like I've also done, like I did this show recently that was about mental health, and I opened it up, and I thought the audience would like it. I did this joke where I just said, like, uh, "Oh uh, yeah, a lot of comedians have anxiety. I have anxiety too." And I was like talking to my wife about it, and she was like, "Relax, it could be worse." And I was like, uh, "That's <laughs> the point. That's why I have anxiety." <laughs> but most of the time, most of my most of my jokes are just like really personal stuff. Like I talk about having a twin brother, like people are obsessed with like, like, like I was, I have an identical twin brother and like people will ask me stupid questions about it. Like everyone's obsessed with my twin moments. Like, Oh, tell me about your twin moments. And to shut them up, I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, sometimes, sometimes when my brother takes a shit, my asshole tingles. But it's but it's better than having a a twin sister though. Like I have a I have, I have a friend who has a twin sister. A buddy of mine has a twin sister, and people ask him really stupid questions like, "Oh my God, you have a twin sister? Are you guys identical or fraternal?" Which is like, uh, do you know how do you know do, do you know how people work? I don't think people work. That's not how it works. <laughs> But he gets that question like a lot. He said he told me he gets that question a lot, and like it's kind of like it's kind of funny. Like grown people asking him that. He's like, yeah, uh, she has a bigger dick than me. Yeah, we're identical. <laughs> I have a twin question for you. Is he is he as funny as you? My brother is. Uh, my brother can be really funny. He's a. Uh, he, I don't think he'd ever want to go on stage, but my brother is definitely known to like, I think he likes the idea of like, he can also go to shows and I've seen him in the past where he kind of wants to be part of it and he'll like heckle people, but he doesn't mean to heckle people. He just kind of like does it sometimes. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Too bad you couldn't like, get him like, to I like, remember... do a show with you. <laughs> yeah. It, It'd be. I think that it'd be funny. I have some ideas for like, like I have this one idea for. I guess I can do the bit too. I I used to do um, one of my old jobs that I had was tech support. I used to work at tech support at this online video player company, and the company is basically like you. If you have a website, you could use their software to embed videos in, in your website. The product was meant for webmasters, for people that have websites. I remember doing tech support and I got so many crazy emails over the years because video is it's a video player. The first, the first day I started my boss, like I interviewed, I interviewed with a, the, the company and my boss told me, Hey, you know, are you comfortable looking at pornography? Because people are, it's a video player. Some of our customers might have porn websites. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, okay. Uh, how often is this going to happen? First day of the job, first day, Someone emails me, hey, my player's not working. So I was like, oh, can I, can I see a link to your website so I can figure out why it's not working? Maybe your code is wrong. It was like a leather 
gay leather S and M site. People like whipping each other or something. Oh, no. <laughs> my first day at the job. And, um, but I had but I had this like joke. So I did tech support, and this one day I got this email from this guy who was like, "Hey, does your video player does it work on Mac?" And I was like, "Yeah, it, it's a web-based video player. It works everywhere." The guy emailed me back and was like, "Oh, thanks for your quick reply." Um, maybe I should rephrase my question. Why can't I get you porn to work on my Mac? <laughs> like that's like I'm a, I'm a stranger on the on the internet. Like a tech support, this is my job, answering tech support. And the guy emails me and asks that question and like uh okay. Like that was a really innocent question and now it's completely it's completely filthy now. So, but I, you know, I was like, I don't know, uh, just, just restart your, restart your computer. And like 15 minutes later, he emailed me back and he was like, Hey, th- Hey, thanks. It worked. You know, I was thinking <laughs> it doesn't take you 15 minutes to restart your, co- Oh, and then five minutes later, he's like, it, it, it worked. It worked again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's just funny. I actually have been thinking about it, 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 like, a, like, like, I have so much material from doing tech support at that company that I feel like I could do an entire stand-up special, like Adventures in Tech Support, where I have like a, I have like a, a screen, almost like a TED Talk, like a screen with just snippets of emails and stuff. It's just like I've seen so, so at the early days of our company, we wanted as many people to use our product as possible. So me and the other two people that were doing tech support gave out our AIM, uh, like into Messenger, Skype. Yahoo Messenger, like Hotmail, like everything, a way to get in contact with us. So I would like talk to people and people downloaded our video play from like, all over the world. So sometimes people would like email, I, I'd wake up in the morning, I had emails from people in, in India and in China. This, I got this one Skype uh, question from this guy who he ran, he was from Paraguay. He ran a, a Paraguayan music website and he had problems with the video player. I helped him out, problem solved. I guess this guy was just like a lonely, a lonely dude or something because he started messaging me like, hello, friend, how was your day? And I'm like, I don't want to be mean because oh, he's like technically a paying cu- customer. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. Hi. He's like, he's like, do you have a girlfriend? And I was like, uh, yes. And then he was like, oh, very good. Lots of sex. He's like, uh, okay, I'm going to get to some other, other work right now. But this guy, he kept, you know, he would message me like randomly while I was at work. And one of his, uh, one day he told me, Hey, if you ever go on vacation, you should come to Paraguay. We have the best grilled meats. That's what he said to me. We have the best grilled meats. And I was like, uh, okay. I didn't want to be like, you know, screw off or something. I just wanted to, I just said, okay, to be nice. And then he was like, I will make you a video of the grilled meat. And I was like, okay, sure, sure. Whatever. He was like, I promise I'll make it for you. And then one day he sent me a YouTube link. And if you look up my name on YouTube, there's a video called, As Promised, Eating Grilled Meat for Ethan Feldman. (laughs) It's just a guy walking around the street in Paraguay with like a handheld camera, like not even a smartphone. And he's just, this video is like 11 years, like maybe like 10 years old. It's fine. No, it's like 10 years. It's from 2011. It's just him walking around, his name, is, his name is Leonardo. He's like, hello, Ethan, Leonardo here. I have come to eat the meat now. It's just this crazy video. <laughs> Scary. And, 
<laughs> yeah, it, but it's, it became like a funny like inside joke between me and all my coworkers. All my coworkers thought it was like the funniest thing ever. Like, oh, Ethan got a, this guy made a video for Ethan eating grilled meat. <laughs> it's just like a really, it's just a really funny story. Like nothing bad ever really came out of it. It was just like this guy. I think he was just. I, I don't know if he was drunk in the video. But yeah, that job is really. I I I have so much material from from that. I have so much material from that from doing from doing that. I also uh, remember like so one thing that our company did was we we would send out newsletters to like customers. So say you downloaded the, our product, you put your email in, and you get newsletters. Some of the newsletters say, "Hey, you didn't buy a license yet for our software. Here's a thirty percent coupon." And once a month, we would send all of these newsletter emails. And part of my job at the time was to, like, go through the responses and see if anyone was actually had legitimate questions about anything. So I had to, like, respond to people, like, like if somebody, a lot of times people were like, unsubscribe me, screw you, like, usually just things like that. But sometimes people would actually, like, not know what our player was because people mm-hmm. would say you're watching a video player, watching a video on the Internet. It's not working you click there. There was a link that clicked that went back to our company's website. So say you end up clicking the link, it goes back to the website. You you download the player, thinking it'll help your problem, but it's just a piece of software for a, for a, someone who has a website. It has no use to you. But then you your name gets into this email funnel where you start getting newsletters about promotions for buying a license for this player. So we would get these emails in all caps. One of them just said, "I don't know what this is. I am a grandma." <laughs> and one of them was like, Pe- "People are my kids are fooling with my computer and causing a lot of trouble for me." Like just like like funny responses, and I made the mistake sometimes of responding to these people. Like I I usually I would be nice. I'd be like, "Okay, I'm sorry. I unsubscribed you. Have a good day. Sorry for the inconvenience." Um, one time this person said, uh, "Was it this, this person wrote an email saying, i 'I'm hey, I'm unsubscribing. Have a good day.'" And I re- responded back, "You too." That was a bad idea. <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Because the person the person responded with, Oh hello, we thank you so much for your email. We are friends. Like they were like and there's this person that was like they were like they were really into flowers and they were like, Please take my gift and it was just a picture of a flower. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. And then they put a, put up a picture of they were like, I have a flower gallery here's the flower gallery and on the bottom of the flower gallery, it just says, thank you so much to my friend, Ethan. Thank God I didn't have my last name. It was just that. <laughs> yeah. Lots of interesting people on the internet. That's what I learned from this job. Oh yeah. Because I, we definitely, we definitely saw the deepest, darkest depths of the internet working there for sure. Because you're seeing all these websites. Like I said, like the first day I started with like a porn website. It's just a, <laughs> lots of interesting things. So I want to start, like, right. I, I have an idea for, like, a, a stand-up special that's basically just all about my tech support adventures. There you go. I could probably, I could probably do an entire do hour on, on all that stuff. You should. <laughs> I think we finally like, like make it in, all together. Yeah, I've compiled, I've compiled lists of, I've compiled lists of, like, just the funniest stuff from that job, like, I have so much that's just I just remember, and so much that I've emailed like to friends and stuff, like just funny things that have happened there. 
Yeah, I was at that right. job for like seven years, so I just ha- I have a whole entire wealth of of material that I could draw from. <laughs> so it it's pretty great that you can pull material from a job. I mean, <laughs> it kind of makes your job a little bit more interesting too, doesn't it? Because you're looking out for things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try to like, I try to like, uh, like uh, find material in my job now, my last job too, but not as much. Not as much as my first job because I just the, the the nature of just everything I was doing then was just funnier. I think like right now like the last job mm-hmm. I worked at I was doing software engineering for a real estate company and then now I work for a financial planning company. There's there's not as there's not as much humor in funny online video websites. I guess there's much more humor in video websites than financial planning or real estate. Oh, I see. True. I can see why. <laughs> Interesting. So. So you have to tell us, we only have a few minutes left, but tell us what is in your future? What would you like to see happen with yourself? Um, I think I'll probably, like in the future, I would love to keep, you know, getting up there doing stand-up, maybe do some other stuff that's related to stand-up, like TV or movies. Like I, I apply mm-hmm. to, I, I get emails every week from SNL to do like background stuff. And usually if they can use you, they They'll get back to you. If not, I, I try every week for that just because I'd like to try it. That was one goal of mine to, like, do, do something with SNL. Um, mm-hmm. With the baby coming, I'm definitely going to have to try to balance things better. But for now, I'm just really having fun with it and just taking it one day at a time. But I'd like to do something, you know, something else. Maybe it doesn't have to be seen necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely can tell you from being a mom myself, you're going to get so much material <laughs> coming from your own child yeah. and your family than you ever can imagine. Kids are like the funniest thing, really. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely expecting expecting that for sure. <laughs> well, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight. It was well worth waiting for. I mean, I've I've been waiting to have you on and interview you for so long. I'm just so happy I was able to do that. And, you know, we really appreciate you coming on. And you're going to have to come back again. And maybe we can do a show just on that material from your work. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, man, I feel like I talked about that a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that's really great. Well, I hope you had fun tonight. And I did. we'll have to get you back on again eventually in the near future. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to be on again. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me on. It was. Now, is there a way that people can get in touch with you? Yeah, my social media handle is E-M-A-X-S-A-U-N. And again, EthanFeldman.me has everything on it. Awesome. Excellent. And definitely keep in touch with me. And I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. This was a lot of fun having Ethan on. And just keep an eye out for our links in the future. Thank you so much, Ethan, and have yourself a great night. Thanks. You too, Sherry. Great. Thank you. You all have a great night. Thank you. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.